Good morning and welcome once again to Facebook Live on a Saturday morning with me. My name's Sarah and shortly I'll be joined by Jason. Uh, Jason is the Managing Director at ASL Recruitment in Hastings. He's also an HR specialist and a Chartered Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. So he's in a great spot to actually be able to answer any questions that people are having with uh, regard to COVID and how it affects their employment rights and all that sort of thing. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring Jason into the conversation now. Good morning, Jason. Are you there? Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Very well, thank you. And how are you? Good, good. Not bad, thanks. Great stuff. Okay, so um, as usual, it's been quite a busy week or a couple of weeks. Yes. Um, let's start out with uh, with the good news that the death county is falling. It is indeed. We um, There was a moment a couple of days ago where we actually fell below a thousand a day, which uh, is quite a milestone, really. Um, I think we've only been up at that level for probably about three or four weeks. But the the feel-good factor, shall we say, of moving past a milestone like that is very, very significant. And it's going to be gradual. It's going to continue falling. Um, quite a few forecasts I've seen is in about 10 to 14 days from now, we are going to see a very dramatic drop. And that is the result of the vaccine rollout. Um, and effectively people who would have otherwise been getting ill and would therefore be coming to that cycle and be the ones that would otherwise die in 10 to 14 days are not going to. So the, the, the impact of what we've done as a country of the vaccine should be enormous and we should see it in 10 to 14 days. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at about 11 million people who've been vaccinated now. So, And obviously it's the, the people who are at the most vulnerable or in the highest risk groups and therefore you know, that's why we're vaccinating them. So, yes, it looks as though we are finally going to see evidence that it is working. Yes, we, we appear to be. And, um, you know, we've heard a lot of we're going to have a, a world-beating track-and-trace system. or But when it comes to vaccines, we really do appear to be right at the top of our game on this one and probably ahead of almost anyone else in the world. So, superb yeah. success this time. Yes, excellent news, excellent news. Okay, so um, I would also uh, like to talk about hotel quarantine um, because, you know, there seems to be, obviously there's been a bit of a delay with it, but I think there's probably some confusion when the country is in lockdown. Who's travelling? <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling here because I'm thinking I know you want to talk about hotel quarantine and you're probably a little bit confused about it. Um, and that sums up the so is everybody else. Um, I know, it's a very difficult one. Um, the reality is we've announced that we're going to have a, a quarantine system. So anyone travelling into the UK from one of the most um, dangerous, seems the wrong word, but um, um, cases with the most dangerous cases of COVID and the risk of the mutant strains um, will have to quarantine. Now, many of... Um, our own candidates, many of our own temps, have been uh, travelling backwards and forwards at different times of this crisis, certainly on, to their home countries in Eastern Europe. Um, and they had to quarantine back last year. So there'll be various people saying, why are we doing it now? Um, but it is happening, and it's about the mutant strains. It's because the risk of, are there going to be any strains that will resist the vaccine? So what we've done, we've identified the 30 most dangerous places in the world um, and their places like 
uh, South Africa, Brazil, um, numerous other ones that I can't actually name off the top of my head, but those ones where they've said you will need to go to a hotel. Um, and it's going to cost you about a thousand pounds for the privilege. So if you thought, why were people traveling to the UK before? Um, you might reasonably think that there'll be a lot less traveling to it when they know they've got to spend 10 days in a hotel at a cost of a thousand pounds, not even leave their hotel room, as I understand it. Um, I think you're allowed with a security guard to escort you and then take you back to your room. And you'll have to have two COVID tests, I think, during your stay. So it, it's not really sounding like the ideal stay in, a, in, in the Gatwick Hilton or something, is it? No, it's not really sounding like a spa weekend, is it? For sure. Um, so no. so there's, they'll have to have a COVID test before they can get on the plane to actually come to the UK. 72 hours get, before. And when they get to the UK, they're going to have to quarantine for 10 days in a hotel room. And yes, it's probably not going to be the most glamorous hotel room. Two for more which... COVID tests while they're in the hotel, I believe. Not um, leave meals, their hotel. Meals delivered to your room. No housekeeping. You'll have to put your laundry outside the door. Um, and uh, I mean, you, you might, if you get a premium hotel, have a mini bar. I don't know. But it, it's not sounding appealing. You're right, Sarah. It's really not. I'm wondering if they'll allow Amazon deliveries and um, Lathwaite deliveries to the <laughs> hotel. <laughs> right. OK, so basically, if you can possibly avoid travelling to the UK from one of the most dangerous countries right now, it's probably best that you do so. It seems advisable, I would say. Sure. OK. Um, and again, this has primarily happened because we've got these new variants that are, have become so much more dangerous. It really is about trying to stop them taking a hold while we're at a success stage in the vaccine rollout. I mean, the vaccine companies are already working on variations to the vaccine that from perhaps as soon as the autumn will deal with the new strains. And this isn't something new. The flu vaccine every year is modified to deal with mutations. So uh, this is something that's known, it's planned in. Um, but right now, we could do with continuing having these case numbers come down. Um, and it's part of the plan to make sure we do it. Well, it's uh, it's all part. I mean, we want the case numbers down so that we can start getting back to whatever the new normal is going to look like. And, um, you know, we can start kick-starting the economy again, yes. uh, particularly for sort of the leisure and hospitality sector. Yeah. And the forecasts for that are actually quite good. The Bank of England has announced incredibly optimistic view. I mean, this is non-political. This is the Bank of England suggesting that the UK economy is going to bounce back very well and we're going to see a full recovery within 12 months. You know, it's funny because I, I read something, I think it was just yesterday, mm. uh, and somebody was predicting that stocks, the stock market's going to see a massive increase. Apparently, any time we have some kind of a awful crisis go on, um, shortly afterwards, the, the stock yes. market goes completely crazy, yes. sort of 50 yes. plus 15 plus 20 points. Yeah, and it's not just the stock market. You're, I say you'll remember, clearly you're too young to remember firsthand. But um, if we go back in our history, there was always the phrase, the roaring 20s. Um, which was after World War One and the Spanish flu. Um, and it looks like we might be about to have the Roaring Twenties again. Oh, history repeats itself. Absolutely. <laughs> OK, so um, first of all, I just uh, well, I say first of all, I just want to touch back slightly. Um, we've got uh, the government's doing quite well with the vaccination programme. Very soon we're going to see everybody over the age of 50, basically, will have had yes. the vaccination. And they're talking about how much of an impact that's really going to have. Can you tell me why that is? Yes, I mean, essentially, those people most at risk 
of being hospitalised or being seriously ill was based on a combination of age and health conditions. Um, and the moment we get down to the over 50s, you catch such a large percentage of those. Um, those COVID still infects younger people and younger people do still get ill and die, but in very, very small percentage numbers. So if we get the over 50s vaccinated, we really have changed the dynamic of the virus massively. Um, and you know, it will clearly be tragic for those who are affected who are younger, but in pure numbers terms, it will be a small percentage of our population as a whole, very, very small percentage. And won't feel anything like it has over the past year. Okay, so it's going to make a significant difference. Huge to, difference. Basically, and also, therefore, to the economy and what we're going to be able to do yes. and what we can't do. And there are suggestions we're going to be there by April. The vaccine rollout is at such a pace. And one of the things that's happened is the government early on were criticised very much for over-promising and under-delivering. It now appears they are incredibly cautious um, and they're not announcing um, what's going to happen. They're going, we, we're going to try and do something like that. Um, and there was a leak this week. Somebody resigned from a, a government role and in their resignation letter, they referred to the target of having all the over 50s vaccinated by April. Um, and that shouldn't have sneaked out, but it, it did. Okay, well, fingers crossed. So uh, sort of rolling on from that slightly, uh, there's, there's talk of extending the furlough scheme, isn't mm -hmm. there? So if you can just remind us when that is currently yes. running up to and what you think it's going to look like. Perhaps a little bit of history is worth reminding here as well. Furlough was going to run out um, over the three months last year of August, September, October being a gentle wind down and increasing costs to the employer in furlough. That was largely reversed on the 1st of November when they reintroduced furlough and originally till March. It's now been extended till the end of April. What we're expecting um, is that when Rishi Sunak delivers the budget, I think it's on the 3rd of March, certainly in the first few days of March, um, we're expecting he will extend it by probably a couple of months. There's some talk it may be extended till as far as November. And again, this comes back to what I think is the government's change in strategy to have a softer, gentle way out and to help us feel more positive as we go through this um, about the long term support rather than that line. It's all going to be OK in a couple of months. It will be fine. They're, they're kind of building it out for us and allowing the economy to recover within that line. So I, okay. again, I think it's going to be extended. The chief economist at the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, which you'll notice I can say without stumbling, um, <laughs> is also lobbying the government to uh, extend furlough in that way. So I think there's a reasonable chance. Okay, and I'm, I'm sure the FSB is probably getting on board with um, with that too. Um, they've been quite active um, over this period. So, um, I mean, ultimately, furlough really is is there to protect. Well, I mean, obviously, it's there to protect all workers, but the people who it's having the most impact on it currently, really, is the yes, hospitality yes. and leisure sector, isn't yes, it? So, um, and there's some talk, really, that they're not going to be in a position to open up bars and pubs and uh, all the rest of it until at least May and possibly beyond, isn't it? I think we're likely to see uh, outside dining, let's say, reopen in May is the kind of forecast I'm seeing. Um, but the whole, it's going to be a gradual and gentle reopening of the economy and it's going to take some months to come through. 
sadly, unemployment is still going to rise. Um, so we are going to see higher numbers there as furlough is phased out and as other companies fail over the coming months. We're not at the end of this, but we are looking at a brighter future in as much as we can see the end game and we can see how we're going to get out of it. And it's not that far away now. Great. Okay, let's just finish. That's a positive note. Let me just finish as well. On, on Unfortunately, we lost um, Captain Sir Tom Moore this week. Um, and uh, what an inspiration and a legacy he really has left. So um, I think the message now is don't let his legacy down by blowing it too soon. Um, we all still need to do our bit um, because better days are coming, as you said. They are indeed. And I gather somebody already has a bronze statue of him, completely ready-made, that they worked on a couple of months ago. So I think we're going to see a, bronze, a, a, a statue of uh, Sir Tom popping up somewhere. Yes, yeah, so that would be um, that very fit as well. I'm sure he would have been chuffed a bit about that. Um, anyway, okay, so we'll, uh, we'll leave it there for now. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Jason, and for shedding your, uh, your turning your expertise to the questions that we've had. Um, thank you very much, everybody at home, for joining us, and we'll be back in two weeks' time. If you do have any questions about anything to do with your position at work, um, be it COVID-related or not, um, you can always get in touch with the ASL team on 01424 or drop them a line at hastings at aslgroup.co.uk. Um, in the meantime, we'd like to wish you a very good weekend and a safe couple of weeks ahead. Um, thank you very much, Jason, um, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Take care. Thanks, Sarah. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.